what a day that's going to be when some of our parents or grandparents, loved ones that have gone on, we shall see also. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, my, 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 my. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. So good and to be in the house of the Lord. The greatest thing about it is that the Lord of the house is here this morning. Amen. I just believe that uh, God is able to do whatever we have need of Him this morning. Yes, amen. Amen. I believe He's able to touch physically, mentally, spiritually. I believe the Lord can touch relationship. Amen. He can do what with men are, is, is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Amen. Good to see everyone here. Good to see our great friends, Sister Shauna. Good to see you. Amen. Been a while. And, uh, and uh, her father, Mike Salters. Good to see you. God bless you. Honor to have him with us this morning. And uh, also good to have Brianne with us. God bless you. Good to have you with us this morning. Make yourself at home. Amen. Good to see everyone else in the house of the Lord today. And, uh, we just love the Lord and thankful that He has made a way out of no way. I said He made a way out of no way. He made a way of escape. Amen. A couple years ago, we some had some family. Matter of fact, I think it was Mark from visiting from Georgia, and we went to. Uh, this I don't even know the name of it probably, but you, they put you in this room and give you clues throughout the room, and and you have to uh, escape room. That's what it is, right? Okay, escape escape room, and you have to put the clues together and work together as a team to get out. God has made a way of escape for us. He has set before us an open door. He said in Revelations, "Behold, I have set before the end." open door and when God opens the door no one else can shut it or close it praise God God sets before you an open door it's an open door and he has set before us an open door of salvation he is the door he said I am the way the truth and the life he said I am the door Man. So the only way to get into heaven is through an open door, and that door is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Matter of fact, his name's on the door. While we're baptized in Jesus' name. He was hung. He was crucified. The only way you can, for a door to work, it has to be hung. It was He was hung for us. He was hung on Calvary, on an old wooden cross. He was crucified. He has set before us an open door. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Thankful for that today. If he had, if there was no open door, we'd have no hope of glory. Oh, thank God. Well, hallelujah. How many feel good in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Turn to two or three people. Tell them it's so good to see you in the house of the Lord. This morning.
screeching this morning. Is that all right? I didn't say preach. I said reach. It's the same thing. I said I feel like reaching this morning. Is that all right this morning? I'm glad somebody reached for me. I'm thankful somebody reached for me. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, I know it's 11.05. I will be mindful of the time, but I feel like reaching today. Amen. We're going to go to the book of Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah was in the same time as Ezra. Nehemiah was building the wall in the city. Ezra was focusing his attention, building the temple of God. They have come back from bondage. And they have made their way back only to find everything in ruin. The walls in ruin, the temple in ruin. And so in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 1. But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. I'm telling you right now, church, the enemy is not happy with what we're trying to do for the kingdom of God. The enemy has great wrath. He will try to mock us and make fun of us and try to stir up doubt in our minds that what we're doing really makes a difference. But I'm telling you, what we're doing for the kingdom of God is making an eternal difference. (laughs) Praise God. And he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews, what are they doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice Will they make an end in the day? And will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Verse number 6, So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind, a mind, singular mind, one mindset. It's what we're praying and fasting for. For the people had a mind to work. Praise God. Amen. I'm thankful that I'm part of a church of a people that has a mind to work. Thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm thankful to be a part of a local assembly, the Apostolic Rock Church, of great people that have a mind to work. In spite of what the enemy out there might say, we got a mind to work. We're doing a work for the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to preach or reach this morning on this subject, a salvaged title. A salvaged title. Would you lift up your hands and help me pray and ask God to talk to us right now for the next few minutes. Lord, God, I need your help this morning. God, I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God, to let it flow and fall. Speak to me and through me in Jesus' name. Pray for every mind, every soul. God, every backslider, God, everyone in doubt this morning, I pray, God, that you would minister to their heart, mind, and soul. 
Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name, reach Lord, reach Lord, reach Lord. God, reach Lord. In the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We find in our text, the enemy was not liking what the people of God were trying to do. Nehemiah said the people had a mind to work. And here comes Nehemiah and the people of God back to build, rebuild the wall of the city of Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple within inside the city, within the walls of safety. And it's interesting here, the walls can represent so many things. It represents a defense. It, it represents a, a separation from that which was without from that which is within. It's distinguishing who is within the city from who is without the city. Amen. I don't apologize for a, a, a separation of holiness because without holiness we can't please or see the Lord. Amen. Be ye holy even as I am holy. That's also talking about being oneness or having one mind or one mindset. The people here had a mind to work. They were all on the same page. We're going to do something for the kingdom of God. And the enemy, Sanballat and Tobiah and the Sumerians, called to Nehemiah and asked him and to come out. And he said, let us reason together to the plains of Ono. O-N-O is the plains of Ono. And Nehemiah sent back a message. Oh, no, I'm not coming. Oh, no, I'm not coming off the wall. I'm not stepping away from the work of God. I'm going to stay in the city where it's safe. Because the people of God had a mind to work. And they had a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. They were uh, having a watchful eye from the enemy. But they were also together building the wall. And in just 52 days they accomplished something that took hundreds of years before. Or many years before. So we find in our text that they come back and they look around before they start building it. At the devastation of the turmoil of, of what used to be. What used to stand there was now just a, a bunch of rubbish, a bunch of burnt stones left of no use on the ground. And they come back to find the walls have been destroyed. Long ago had been destroyed. This wasn't that the wall just had a little blemish. It wasn't that the wall was, had just kind of fallen down here and there, but the wall was completely destroyed down to rubble. Signifying, I think, today to many lives that long ago sin ravished their lives and people have been left to nothing and their lives seemingly completely destroyed long ago. But I've got good news for somebody this morning. You may find yourself in the rubbish. You may find yourself down in a heap of rubbish and you find yourself you've been burned by this world and you've been burned by people and you've been burned by this situation and you've been burned by this relationship but can I tell you are the exact person that God is reaching for to revive and to use you in the kingdom again My wife and I have been married 25 happy years. In our first home, we were able to purchase it. I remember we drove up 
uh, to Fresno and stood in line and gave $100 for a certificate to purchase a HUD home or to be able to, to bid on a HUD home. And we were uh, able to purchase a HUD home 25 years ago with a $100 down payment. Boy, gone are the good old days. <laughs> but I'm telling you, this HUD home was a real fixer-upper. We walked into this house and looking around it, and boy, you had to see the potential if you wanted to buy that house. There were no appliances. They had been stripped out. There were holes in the walls. Brother, Sister Cavanagh, my mom, they, can, uh, they remember uh, 25 years ago what it looked like before. Hey, man, we did a remodel. There were holes in the walls, and... And the carpet was shot, and there were stains and disgusting and who knows what else in the carpet. And on one wall in the living room, there were five different shades of color on one wall. You didn't like yellow? Just move on over. There's a little gray. If you don't like gray, just move on over. There's a little tan over there. Taupe. You didn't like taupe? Just move on. There was a little reddish tint to this color over here. Don't know what it was. Just different, five different shades of color on one wall. Appliances were gone, been stripped out. And uh, even looked up in the attic and somebody had put a mattress up there. Come to find out, I guess it had been a drug house. And they had been hiding stuff and probably people. And who knows whatever else. And, and uh, boy, this place needed a lot of work. But I'm thankful when we went in, we didn't see just what it was. We saw what it could be. We saw that it could be our little sweet little three-bedroom, two-bath house. We saw that it could be our little 1,346-square-foot little sweet little nest of love. When you're newly married, you, mean you can have a small little house, but when it's yours, it's the greatest, most grandest Amen. And so with the help of our family, we got in there and, and the help of some people from church. Said, hey, I'll come and help you paint and we'll help do this and we'll do that. And we started building stuff. I'll never forget my, my step-grandfather, Brother Ray, and, and my wife's grandfather, uh, Brother Ruth, were out there building on the fence. The fence was messed up, and so we had to add some offense. And my, my grandfather, he was like a grandpa, but my step-grandfather, Brother Ray, he was out there. He was legally blind, and Brother Ruth was legally deaf. And it was funny to watch because one was holding the nail, the other was trying to hit it. <laughs> one said, oh, how about right here? And the other said, I don't care. And I'm like, no, they're not even on the same. But it was the straightest piece, sections of fence on the whole property when they were done. It made everything else on the fence. Everything else is going like this. There's a straight. I, I have no idea how they made that happen. Maybe it's because they had a mind to work. Maybe it's because there was an invested interest. They had some grandkids that needed some help. They had some grandkids that they cared about. They had some grandkids that they loved and said, we're going to do whatever it takes to build a fence of safety around them. I'm preaching and reaching for some grandparents right now. You got a mind to work. You're going to protect and preserve this thing called the truth. Why? Because there's some safety that... There's a love in our heart to protect and provide. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
I'm telling you, our house was a real fixer-upper. Without getting into too many details, when we purchased this property, that house right over there was a fixer-upper. Had to have a new air conditioning, new roof, concrete from the driveway all the way in. Kitchen was completely gutted. We gutted both bathrooms, completely gutted. Hey, man, some of you been there, done that. It was a real fixer-upper. But you got to have an eye to see beyond what is and what can become. You have to see the value of reviving, of restoring, of salvaging. What everyone else gave up for loss. What everyone else said has no value anymore. you got to look beyond what it is and what it can become. See, a house, a real fixer-upper is a house or dwelling that is in badly need of repair. That explains all of us, B.C. before Christ. It usually is sold for a very low price, but I'm telling you, Jesus went to the cross and paid full price for something that didn't deserve full price. For someone that didn't deserve his perfect blood at Calvary. But oh, thank God. He said, I'm willing to go to the cross to salvage me. Michael Mullings, he was willing to go to the cross to salvage you and I. Amen. Even when I'm not in the car market, I... Every once in a while, fancy looking at what the value cars are going for. And uh, every once in a while, you know, you come across some interesting cars and some unique vehicles. And, and you just kind of wonder what the story is behind the car. I've seen cars that have a big Aston Martins and, and other cars that have a name and reputation and, and usually cost a whole lot more than I'll ever be able to pay. And... Uh, and I've seen cars, and then you see one that slides in here with a really low ball, a little, really low estimated, or a little, a very low, inexpensive cost, and you gotta think to yourself, why? Oh, it's probably this is man, this is so, this is like almost too good to be true, and it probably is, because <clears throat> they didn't tell you that the car was was in a flood and everything had to be repaired and fixed within. They didn't tell you that that. Uh, it was in an accident. Somebody wrecked it. And the whole front end of the car was smashed and demolished. But somebody else uh, uh, purchased it for a very low cost and, uh, and then started to put some blood, sweat, and equity and time in it. And, and yet they, they could not sell it as a regular vehicle because it had been wrecked or it had been damaged by a storm or it had been vandalized. And can I sit, stop right here and remind us the devil is that walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He is as a roaring lion. And he wants to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants to steal. He wants to vandalize us. He wants to steal your joy and your peace and relationship with the Lord and your relationship with one another. The devil is a thief. And he's a liar and the father of all lies. And he only wants to vandalize and steal. He wants to carjack your soul. He's not our friend this morning. And you find vehicles like 
what you would think would have a much higher price tag on them, but they find you find them they are very cheap and inexpensive because they have a salvaged title. It's a car that's been wrecked, vandalized, destroyed by a storm, or it's been damaged in some way, vandalized. And the insurance company that the car has been insured, they look at it and say that the cost of repairing, making the vehicle, vehicle like it once was, it far exceeds what the vehicle is worth in their mind. And so they usually go by a percentage of about 75 to 90% of the vehicle. And if, if, if they can't repair it for less than that, then it's not worth repairing. And so they will just pay out and count the vehicle as total loss. And then someone will come and find this vehicle that has been given up as total loss. It's having very little value. And they'll look and see what the vehicle is in the condition that it's in and say, I'm willing to put some work in this thing and, and I'm willing to go to the DMV and to pay a fee to change the title to salvaged title. That once it was written off and and, and insurance companies will actually, they, they actually put a, a, a title or, if you will, a total loss. They write it off. It's not, not, it can't, you, it's not even a non-op. You can't have it. You can't drive it. You can't drive it on the street. You can't own it. You have to go and get a salvage title for it to be driven again on the road. You have to get a salvage title for that thing to be used again. And that's what Calvary is all about. Calvary is all about rescuing. Saving, recovering, retrieving, raising, reclaiming, getting back, restoring, and reinstating. That's what Calvary's about. And by the way, that's the definition of salvage. Calvary's all about salvaging my soul from a pit of hell. Salvaging my life from a life of loss. You're not a total loss this morning. Not a single one of us in this house is a total loss. The enemy wants to whisper in your ear. You haven't been faithful. You haven't this. You haven't that. You don't deserve. You're not worthy. You're this. You're that. You're a total loss. God wrote you off a long time ago. No, he did not. 1 Corinthians 6. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not in inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor, that means boys acting like girls. Can I add a little bit? Girls acting like boys. We're living in a confused society. They're confused about gender. They're confused about sex. They're confused about... The Bible says God's not the author of... Thank you very much. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. I just threw that in there. I'm, that's free. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were. Past tense, were. And such were some of you. 
but you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. What that tells me, some of us, all of us, have a salvage title. Hey man, people come and look at us living in the church. We come to church, we put on our shirt and tie. Or ladies, you put on your fancy shoes with your matching coach or Kate Spade purse. And you got your little... Come strutting in here. Everything together. Looking all spiffy. Tell the kids, man, you're looking too cool for school. Guys looking like they stepped out of GQ magazine. Hello? <laughs> See, that's the thing about a salvage vehicle. It, it looks like got a fresh coat of paint engine runs you look at that car it looks great on the outside you think what in the world happened to this thing but if you dig down deep and look at the vehicle you'll find some scars deep down in there there was, some, there was a mechanic that had to take some time and repairing and maybe even dropping a brand new engine, a new way of thinking, if you will. You'll find some body damage on the inside. You just can't see it on the outside. There's some hurts and pains that this car had to go through. And I'm not telling you all to go out and try to find the, the best deal on a salvaged car today. But I'm telling you, there, every one of us has a salvaged title. Because all of us have some hurts and pains and scars. And some of you were abused. Some of us were hurt. Some of us went through all kind of sinful, have a sinful past. And... Hello, I'm still in the church, am I? I'm still talking to Holy Ghost filled people here. Everything looks good on the outside, but they don't understand what it took God to salvage and make something good out of my life. They don't understand what it took God to pull me up of that miry clay and set my feet on the right. They don't understand what it cost God. The time and the effort and the pain and the work to fix. No, a salvage car isn't brand new. Every one of us have things and regrets and past mistakes and failures in our past. And we look back and, yeah, I wasn't perfect then. And guess what? I'm still not perfect. And don't look too close because you're going to find some imperfections. But before you start looking too close and you get upset because you find a little scratch, a little dent, a little, a little speck in me, man, you better make sure you, you get that two by four out of your own eye. And, well, bless God, pastor's not perfect. Finally, you figured that out. Well, pastor, I do it this way. Well, God didn't make you pastor. 
Some reason he called me. Before you ask for something, you better be careful what you ask for. Pastor, not perfect. Pastor got. Pastors had to be to the been to the body shop a few times. It's called the altar. Pastor has to find his way every once and again to an altar. Say, God, you need to work this out. I got a few dings. I got a few blemishes. God, I may have a salvage title, but at least my, your name's on the title. Well, praise God. Such were some of you. Thankful he brought me a mighty long way. I may not be what God's calling me to be just yet, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. <laughs> like those on, he's still working on me. Can I tell you? And he's still reaching for you. He's still reaching for me. And in our text, we find Nehemiah and the people, they come, they look. How are we going to build this wall? Well, what do we got to work with? A bunch of rubbish? A bunch of stones that have been burned? And left as a heap of trash? Nehemiah said, that's exactly what God can use. Peter put it this way. We are lively stones. He said, Nehemiah said, hey, we're going to build a wall. We're going to take these stones that have been rejected, these stones that nobody else had anything. We're going to build a wall with this. We're going to build separation with this. We're going to build the walls of the kingdom with these. And the enemy says, What? What's Nehemiah? What are the people of God? What meaneth these Jews? What, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to build the wall? Are they trying to revive the stones? That's what made the enemy so mad was when the people of God had a mind to work to revive the stones. When we get a mind to work and one mind and one accord to say, God, I don't care what rubbish, I don't care how it was burned, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care. We're in the salva salvation business. We're in the salvaging business. We're in the reconciliation, reviving, reclaiming, and restoring business. Man, some of us were complete wrecks when we came to God. Amen. Some of us were nervous wrecks. But God, who's rich in mercy. <laughs> Afraid of everything. Wrecked. Wrecked life. Wrecked marriages. Wrecked relationships. Wrecked way of thinking. A wrecked mindset. A complete wreck. Thank God he's still in the salvaging business. But you, Pastor, I'm so wrecked up. I'm so messed up. To God be the glory, even a greater testimony. Man, I've wrecked my life. I've... You can be saved. What? 
But you don't know what I've done and you don't know it. Don't have to know, really don't want to know. All I need to know is Jesus. Jesus is able. He can still save, deliver, heal, sanctify, justify, wash away your sins. And you can be salvaged by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's like the man that was such a nervous wreck. He heard that most accidents happen within five miles of your house. So he moved. If you didn't get it, ask somebody, they'll give it to you after church. <laughs> if we're not careful, we can have such a wrecked mindset. Become a nervous wreck. But you can be salvaged. A drug addict can be salvaged. Hurt. Lost, abused, they can be salvaged. You know, I think probably the only one that can't be salvaged is the one that doesn't think they need to be salvaged. They're driving around, they don't got an engine, but they're driving around like they're cool. They, they, you know, they look like a Yugo, but they drive around and think they're a Mercedes Benz. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got a single ding on my car, they ain't got a fender or a bumper. They got smoke coming out the tailpipe. <laughs> or even better yet, it's a little rice burning on. I can't remember who was driving. Someone was driving through the Minnesota rice burning car, and there was a little rice burner around. There's like four or five of them. We're over here by, you know, where Keynes is. We're coming out making a making a turn there. I can't remember who was with me. I think it was Brother Bryce, maybe not. All these little rice burners. Man, they are so cool. But even they can be salvaged. I changed the exhaust system, but they could be. Some of us, when we came to the Lord, we didn't have bumpers, we didn't have fenders, we didn't have an engine. And the inside was torn up. There was rips in all of the upholstery. Our windshield was cracked, if we even had a windshield. Somebody knocked off our mirrors. Didn't see it coming, and we were blindsided by life, and poof, we were rear-ended or T-boned. Life will do that to you. But God is still a God in the salvaging business. He's a God that can repair and restore. And He can put His name on it and have a salv salvaging title. Oh, hallelujah. You see, He can salvage the wreck to vandalize the damage because He said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost or a total loss. <laughs> what everyone else said, Oh, just write it off. No use. God says, I still have a use for them. 
So I don't care who you are this morning, but if you feel like my life is wrecked, I've made a mess of my life, welcome to the club called humanity. Number one, so glad that you're human. Bible said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have everyone turned to his own. Every one of us have made a mess out of our life at some point. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the club. (laughs) And when we are honest with ourselves and say, I made a mess of it. Boy, I am wrecked. And sometimes it's not even your fault. Somebody else did something to you and hurt you and this and that. They put this phrase called church hurt. The church hurt me. The pastor hurt me. The people hurt me. Only way you're not going to get hurt is you're going to be dead. And I'd rather be alive. Thank you. God can salvage. He said in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, recovering, 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 salvaging. To set at liberty them that are bruised. You see, when you have a salvage title, you can get back on the road again. When you get a salvage title and you've, you're, you've been a wreck, you can, you can perform again. You have usefulness again. In other words, when you're wrecked and your life is wrecked, you have to have a salvage title to get back on the road again. I'm not talking Willie Nelson style. I guess there's no Willie Nelson fans in the house. I'm not either. But, you know, he needs to be saved too. God can deliver him too. On the road again. I didn't think I'd ever do this. <laughs> Singing about the good Lord with a salvage title again. That's all you get. Ephesians 2, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. In the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened, hath quickened to restore, to salvage us together with Christ. For by grace you are saved. Thank the Lord for amazing grace. Second Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ezekiel 28, the prophet said, Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created until iniquity was found in thee. And iniquity was found in us and sin. And it left its marks. It left the damage it wrecked a lot of our lives, like beyond, you know what, I've seen, I've seen uh, vehicles that were wrecked, and you can't even recognize what they once used to be. But God is a saving God. 
He can salvage the worst among us. And I, I'm, I'm going to skip to the close now. I've I got a, more, a lot more verses, but I, I'm going I'm to here, skip here. He can salvage the worst among us. Can I tell you this morning, your future story is more important than your past history. I've come to tell somebody this morning, your future story is more important than your past history. They do the car facts on these vehicles to see, was it damaged? Did it have a fender bender? Who drove? How was it driven? Where the oil changes every once in a while, we need to have check the oil, make sure we need the anointing of God, and make sure we keep the... We need our engine running by the oil of the Holy Ghost. But we check our past, but you, you, you need to understand God can salvage even the worst, the most wrecked life. And he's more concerned about your future than your past. Paul wrote in Philippians 3, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I'm reaching this morning. I'm reaching for you, but I'm reaching forth to the things that are before. I'm reaching this morning for a better future. I'm reaching this morning for some salvage titles this morning. I came to this pulpit this morning reaching for somebody's future. And I don't care what's in your past. The blood can take care of that. I care about what's in your future. Pastor, you don't know my lifestyle. You don't know my past. I don't have to know. God knows, but he can take care of it. He can put it under the blood. I'm reaching for your future. I can't live in the past, but I can live in the future. Oh, you did not hear me. I can't live in the past, but I can live. I can live in the future. Oh, I'm thank God I'm not what I used to be. I may not be what I need to be, but I'm not what I used to be. But I'm trusting God to help me to become. I'm reaching forth. I'm pressing for the prize. Somebody shout amen. amen. And I'm closing musicians come. God is not so concerned about your past. He's more concerned about your future. <clears throat> and honestly, the devil's not really concerned about your past either. He just keeps bringing it up to try to prevent you from achieving the future that God has for you. Matter of fact, he's only concerned about your future. He tries to use the past. Oh, you wrecked your life. You sure made a mess of life, didn't you? You weren't a good this and you weren't a good that and you didn't do this for your family and you did this and you participated in these things and you did that. And He, he just tries to bring up your past. Why? Because he doesn't want you to achieve a future. So, well, I can't live back there, but I can live. I can be revived. Nehemiah, look at all these stones, man. They used to be part of the wall. We can revive them. They can be used again. Nehemiah, they're going to have some blemishes. They're not going to look. They're going to be, people are going to look, man, you, you salvaged some stones here. Absolutely. What a testimony of what God can do. The enemy came and wreaked havoc. Destroyed the wall. But look what God can do. He can rebuild. 
we can have a new wall. The Bible says we are fitly framed together. God takes these rubbish and he makes lively stones. <laughs> he, he takes people that the world wrote off and yet I see, I see potential. <laughs> I see usefulness. And I can salvage it. But check this out as we stand this morning. A vehicle or even a home like our home that was a HUD home. It was salvaged. It was repaired. And after we had painted the home and put in new appliances and replaced the carpet, fixed the walls, the holes in the walls, and we had an inspector come and look. He said, man, this doesn't even look like the same place. And he signed it off. And we could live in it. See, that's what God wants to do. He wants to clean up and fix up. Because he not only wants to salvage, but he wants to hold the title. Know ye not that your body is the temple. You see, in this context, the salvage title, the title is, is a legal document. It is a legal term. It is a term that is found in law. It means a right or a claim to the ownership of property. When God takes ownership, that's what Calvary was all about, laying claim. I claim the discarded. I claim the brokenhearted. I claim the stones that have been burned and wrecked. I'll claim the lives of those that need salvation, need to be salvaged. But I have a purpose. The title literally means ownership of property. Or, you got to hear this right here. This is powerful. I learned something in reading these legal terms. Restore, restored to a rank or throne. To have title is to be restored to rank or a throne. When God found us and we repented of our sin and He washed us and cleansed us by His blood of Jesus Christ and we were baptized in Jesus name he took ownership he put his name on it we're our people of his name he filled us with his spirit the power of the Holy Ghost he filled we became children of the most high and he not only restored ownership but he restored rank <laughs> access to the throne Do you understand who you are people say you have a salvage tile Title, absolutely, I have access to the throne. God has restored rank. God has restored me in the kingdom of God. I came this morning to reach for somebody's soul today. I don't care about your past. I care about your future. I don't care about how wrecked your life is. I care about you becoming a salvaged saint of God. 
do I do that? You can simply just come to an altar and repent. Say, God, I want you to save my soul. Just begin to ask God to forgive you. Ask God to save you. Present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, this morning. So as every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning, I wonder if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that God, you feel God has been reaching for you this morning. God has been trying to reach you to salvage your life, your spiritual life, to minister to you this morning. How many here have a heart? I wonder if there's someone here this morning that has a, has a heart to be salvaged, has a heart to be restored. I would simply open up these altars right now to anyone that wants God to restore, to, re to revive your spirit, to revive your soul this morning. The Holy Ghost is here. The Lord is here. He's reaching. He's reaching. He's reaching right now. And I would like to also invite anyone this morning, if you're thankful that you once were wrecked, you once were lost. You were given up as total loss. But God, who's rich in mercy, wherewith He loved us, that He saved you. He's still working on us. I, I may not be what I, what I need to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. And I'm just going to come and present my body again this morning, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. I need the Lord to continue to transform my life. God, would you continue to work on me? I put myself back in the shop this morning. God, I need to check the oil, the anointing this morning. God, check the oil, the Holy Ghost in my life this morning. Church, can we find some place to pray this morning? Pray for one another. Pray for yourself. Talk with the Lord this morning.